With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They travel at speeds pushing 200 miles per hour. The very best drivers in the world on the line every week. It's time to get the lowdown on this week's contenders, plus a look at the key driver matchups. Right now, on Gone Racing. Welcome into Gone Racing, the Bristol edition. I'm Jeff Motley. This is not Brendan Gone. This is Wes Reynolds sitting in for Brendan, who is down in uh, Baja, competing in the Baja 1000 this weekend. But we're here at the South Point Hotel Casino, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, talking a little wrap-up from last week's race at Richmond and talking about Bristol coming up this week. And, Wes, thank you for joining us and for pinch-hitting this week. Good to be here, man. Playoffs in full swing here. As we just start the NFL season, the playoffs already in full swing. Uh, swing really in NASCAR. So cutoff week here, big week at Bristol. It is. Uh, so you're the relief driver this week. Before we start, before we wrap up Richmond and start talking about Bristol, the big news that came down this week, NASCAR announced its schedule for 2022. There's some few, there's a few uh, changes along the schedule. I think that are interested. I think the key ones to highlight the, uh, the preseason clash is going to take place on a quarter mile track built inside the Los Angeles Coliseum on the Sunday prior to the Super Bowl, just a week before the Super Bowl, which is going to be played at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. We have a new track coming on the schedule with Gateway International Raceway outside of St. Louis. And the playoffs are going to be a little bit different this year. Homestead is in the playoffs. Richmond is out of the playoffs. And Las Vegas Motor Speedway and Texas Motor Speedway have flipped their dates by three weeks. And I guess the other big change is that the dirt race at Bristol is going to be held on Easter Sunday, something NASCAR has not done, and be run on Sunday night on the dirt that they're going to put down on Bristol. Any thoughts on some of those changes at the schedules? Yeah, I'll start at the beginning here. The clash at the L.A. Coliseum, as you mentioned, this is going to be a non-points race. So the Daytona 500 is still going to be the first race of the season and then the duels before that. But I like this race at L.A. because I think it kind of kicks off Super Bowl week, as you were mentioning. It's February 6th. Of course, Super Bowl is being played on February 13th. So I think one of the reasons they're doing this, obviously, is, look, get your product, kind of use the Super Bowl as some guerrilla marketing to promote your series, which is going to be starting. So you're going to get cooperation with all the television partners and have your drivers on various media. We know pretty much every sports talk show in the country is going to be out there for Super Bowl week. So look, get your drivers some exposure, get in front of new sponsors, wine and dine current sponsors. I think from a business perspective, this is absolutely a smart move by NASCAR. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it works. And, and before anybody panics, keep in mind the Clash, we'll, we'll only have about between 18 and 20 cars in the Clash mm-hmm. on this quarter-mile track. So we're not going to be starting 40 race cars. You've got to qualify, <laughs> and I'm sure they'll set down what the criteria is. Pretty much a defending winner of the Clash, any defending NASCAR champions, you know, anybody that won a race this past year, they'll find a way to get it to about 20 cars. It will not be too crowded on that quarter-mile. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's an exciting ad. I think what you mentioned, Gateway, the new track. And look, Gateway. Gateway's kind of had a, a resurgence here in St. Louis. Uh, they draw very well for the IndyCar race. I think they've been lobbying, obviously, trying to get on this schedule, and Gateway does get on this schedule. So starting in June, I think it's first weekend of June, that Gateway race right before Sonoma. So 
good to see Gateway there and good for your track at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You get to move a little bit later in that playoff chase for 2022. Getting into October, I think probably the weather more cooperative for that date. Yeah, that's kind of what we're hoping for is a little bit of a cooler date. And we like to jokingly call Gateway the Las Vegas Motor Speedway East because the track president over there, Chris Blair, used to be our director of drag racing out here at the Speedway. And my buddy John Bishy, who used to work for me here in Vegas, is now their head of communications. So uh, we got a lot of Las Vegas in. Uh, influence, I guess, if you will, at Gateway, and it's good to have them getting a race. So happy for those guys. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, I like the changes in the schedule. Of course, uh, Homestead Miami now back in the playoffs. It used to be the series finale, but now I believe two races before they're going to wrap up at Phoenix again next year, just like they're going to be here later this fall. So Homestead Miami was a February date, now in the late October. Well, that's next year, so we'll get to get on to next year a little bit more as we uh, move into 22. Yeah, we got a lot to do we, for this season. Right, still. we got to finish up this season, and let's <laughs> let's wrap up last weekend's race at Richmond. Uh, You know, I tell you, and and Brennan and I have kind of talked throughout the summer, you know, Martin Trix Jr. really has kind of struggled for a good portion of the summer. But, man, we get into these playoffs where there are short tracks, and we know how good Martin is at Martinsville, and we've known how good he was at, at Richmond, and we know how good he is at Phoenix. It's almost like the schedule is starting to come back to Martin Trix Jr. He was very dominant. Really, Denny Hamlin was the only other car that really could compete with him, but they, they had a little bit different pit strategy, which worked to Truex's benefit. He was able to take the win. He was plus 550 to win, a plus 180 for a top three. In Group A, he was plus plus 250, but every, but but he was clearly the favorite in all of his head-to-head matchups. We see a number of them, Hamlin, Logano, Kyle Busch, and Keselowski. He obviously won them all, but on minus numbers. Yeah, and I know we've been talking about Hendrick Motorsports, and rightfully so, as kind of being the best team in the regular season. It's like, now that we've gotten into playoff time, Joe Gibbs is like, we're still here. JGR absolutely uh, uh, performing well the first couple races. Of course, we saw at Darlington, Denny Hamlin got his first win of the season. He didn't have a win in the regular season, but starts out winning in the playoffs. There you see MTJ was 11-2 to to win this bad boy at Richmond, and he certainly did. And then right behind him, his teammates, Denny Hamlin, and also that 20 team, Christopher Bell. That team, I think, is starting to get some results now, Jeff. They've been a little inconsistent. Look, he won the road race at Daytona back in February. Hasn't really sniffed victory lane since. But I think that 20 team, kind of toward the end of the year, you're going to see that team get momentum in the next year, in my opinion. I agree with you. Obviously, he was a plus 500 for the top three. And I think one thing that you're probably starting to see with Christopher Bell is we're starting to get back to some of these racetracks for a second time. Mm -hmm. I think that's certainly going to work in his favor, the tracks that he's raced at already this year with that race team. I think you're probably going to see a little bit of improvement, too, from Kyle Busch. You know, he, he always talks about how he wants practice. Yes. Well, racing these tracks for the second time, that's probably going to be sort of like use your notes from the earlier race. Now, Bristol does not count this weekend coming up because we raced on dirt and you really can't use any notes from the earlier race. But certainly Richmond was an example of that. Darlington, an example of that. Looking at the rest of the top ten, uh, Ross Chastain just continues to run well. He's really the only non-playoff driver that we've seen show consistency uh, and run well, but he's got top tens in each of the two playoff races, even though he didn't make the playoffs. So uh, he's a guy to look out for for some long shot odds. Yeah, and you'll see, of course, uh, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez going to be that that new Ganassi team. Now Ganassi uh, has sold that off, of course, to Justin Marks, so they're going to be teammates uh, next year. But like you mentioned, third at Darlington, seventh at Richmond. These guys that are out of the playoffs, look, they're still racing. Some of them racing for jobs, and I'll get to one of those in my pick segment at the end of the show, but Good to see Chastain run well. And then, of course, uh, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch kind of hanging on right now in that playoff race. Well, and I think the other thing that we have to realize is how, how fleeting success can be when it comes to the playoffs. You know, we left Darlington and – a guy like Kurt Busch was feeling pretty good about himself. He's starting up front. He led some laps at Richmond. He certainly had a great car at Richmond, and he has a left rear tire go down. Uh, puts him out of the race. He finishes dead last. Now he's sitting there squarely on the bubble to advance to the mm-hmm. next round of the playoffs. So I think that's important that it, when it comes to betting playoffs, and I'll tell you right now, I mean, we, we can look at the playoff standings. Uh, you know, Denny Hamlin, Martin Trix Jr., and Kyle Larson, they have all clinched their way into the next round. But we've got quite a logjam at the bottom. Uh, Michael McDowell and William Byron probably going to have to win this weekend at Bristol to have a shot to move on. Tyler Reddick is five points off the cut line. Alex Bowman is below Kurt Busch, but they're tied. Uh, Kurt would have the tiebreaker over Alex Bowman right now. 
tied for that last spot. Eric Almirola is only three points to the good. Kyle Busch is only eight points to the good. And Brad Keselowski, 13 points to the good. A lot could happen at Bristol this weekend that could really upset things. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, I guess if you're going to want to be at a track uh, for Kyle Busch to kind of stay in this top 12, no better track for him than Bristol. And we'll get to that later in terms of the standings. But nobody in this field has won more races at Bristol than Kyle Busch. Well, and, I th- and Kyle Busch had a very, very strong car at Richmond. And he really kept shooting himself in the foot, if you remember. I believe they got a, originally a penalty for interfering with another team's pit stop. And then I believe he got a speeding penalty Mm -hmm. on pit road. So twice he gets penalties and has to go to the rear. Still fought his way back for a top 10 finish. I don't think there's any question that Kyle Busch is probably going to be a guy to be reckoned with throughout the remainder of the playoffs. And I really don't see Bristol as being a a place that's going to trip him up unless he just runs into some horrible bad luck. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And look, that 18 team, that's not a team that makes a lot of mistakes. That's a team that usually gets it right. And look, Kyle Busch, you kind of mentioned earlier, he always likes to have practice and kind of this uh, COVID-19 environment surrounding motorsports. They haven't been able to get as many practice sessions as they normally would because it always seems like that 18 car, if it doesn't roll off the hauler fast, it gets better and better and better. So that's what you're seeing. And maybe it's going to get better and better having a second race at Bristol. Well, and as this is the cutoff race, you know, let's take a look at where our championship odds are right now. We, we have our odds that are up there before the playoffs and after. Um, I think the person who's really kind of making the move right now is Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he opened at plus 700. He's at plus 600 now going in after getting that win last week in Richmond. And I think that the fact that, that Truex has got so many of these tracks coming to him that we know are tracks that he's going to be successful at. Um, right now, Kyle Larson, he's a plus 230. Denny Hamlin, plus 400. Uh, we talked about Martin Truex Jr. Chase Elliott is plus 750. Kyle Busch at plus 900. And then you get into double digits with the rest of the playoff guys, with the exception of Michael McDowell, who's now at 500 to 1. Yeah, the one guy that I bet before the season on the recommendation of the usual occupant of this seat, Brendan Gone. I remember he was sitting in here with me on Super Bowl Sunday. Of course, Brendan uh, does some, uh, his other job, which is uh, writing tickets here at the South Point Sportsbook. Among about 10 jobs On Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. And he was like, dude, Kyle Larson is going to be really good this year in that five car. Watch out for them. And I obviously knew of Larson, who is really kind of having one of the great seasons of all time in motorsports, just taking outside of NASCAR what he's been doing on these dirt tracks and these short tracks pretty much throughout the season so I have him at 14 to 1 still in very good position but obviously anything can happen in this playoff format yeah absolutely having him at 14 to 1 is really good because obviously the odds are a little bit tougher right now the Henry cars have been struggling Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna see we got a couple of them on the bubble okay when we come back on gone racing we'll start breaking down this weekend's race in Bristol There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Gone Racing. Jeff Motley alongside Wes Reynolds, who's sitting in for Brendan Gone. He's Brendan's relief driver. Brendan's down in Mexico competing in the Baja. Is it 500, 1,000? I don't know. It's a lot of miles through the desert through Mexico. I, it used to be Baja 500. Then it was mm-hmm. like Baja 1,000. And in 2000, they made it to Baja 2,000 just because it was 2,000. And they ran all over the Baja Peninsula. So that's where Brendan is. He's just happy to race something. He, he, so. loves, he loves his racing. But we're glad to have Wes <laughs> with us. And we're going to start talking about this weekend's race at Bristol Motor Speed. Which will be the first race at Bristol this year on the actual concrete of Bristol. The first race was run on dirt, so we're not able to really draw from that. Uh, One statistic, though, that I do want to point out. Kurt and Kyle Busch have combined for 14 wins at Bristol. 14. The rest of the field this week, totally combined, has 10 wins. Led by Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski, who have three each. Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano each have two. Guys like Kyle Larson, Martin Trix Jr., Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, nada. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and look, you have to kind of look at the historical numbers here because we can't really go off the spring, as you mentioned, because it was a dirt race. Dirt, mud, whatever you want to call it, because they had some rain down there at, at Bristol in the spring. But we get old school Bristol here. The night race, you know, beating and banging and bumping on that short mile oval down at Bristol. So you're going to get your more true Bristol race here. So because of that, you obviously look at the Bush brothers in terms of who has had the most success here, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, of course, right behind other winners and multiple time winners include Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. But it almost when you look at those good drivers with zero by them, it's like, okay, eventually they're going to get one. But is it going to be here? Is it going to be here for Larson? Is it going to be here for Elliott or MTJ or Blaney or these guys? I think probably the number that just floors me that stands out the most when I looked at, okay, we can talk about all the accolades we want on what Kurt and Kyle have done, Kevin Harvick and all that. Martin Trix Jr., he has made 30 starts at Bristol. Mm-hmm. He only has three top tens. Now, Brendan likes to talk about momentum, and sometimes I agree with Brendan. And, yes, Martin Trix Jr. has the momentum coming off of the win this past weekend at Richmond. But, boy, do you even think about touching Martin Trix Jr., a guy that's only finished in the top ten one out of every ten races here? Yeah, I really couldn't. I think Martin Truex Jr. a little bit better on the, the mile-and-a-havers and, you know, even some of the super speedways. Uh, in terms of Bristol, you just see that he has not had the success. And you look at some of these other guys that are kind of right near Martin Truex Jr. on that graphic, like Larson, like Elliott. They just don't have a big sample size here. They don't have enough experience. I mean, at least Kyle Larson's got seven top tens in 12 starts. I mean, he's got four more top tens and 28 fewer starts than Martin Truex Jr. And despite the fact that he's never won at Bristol, of course, we're talking about arguably the best short track racer in the country right now, whether it's on dirt or pavement. He also, though, is going to Bristol this weekend in the best car he's probably ever had at Bristol Mm -hmm. as well. And keep in mind, at the dirt race earlier this year, he and Christopher Bell, who were two of the favorites, got into an early crash. I think he ended up having to go to the rear at the start. 
start or something, and they got into a big crash. They were uh, thinking it was the Chili Bowl there well, earlier in the year. Exactly. So I think he probably would have had a little bit more success if not for that. So, all right, let's start talking about the odds to win the race. And I think when we talk about who the favorites are and who the favorites are not, I think that's going to kind of reflect in what we've been talking about. Kyle Busch, uh, no shot, comes in as the favorite at plus 400. It is a pretty good number on a, to win for a guy that's got eight wins here. Kyle Larson comes in next at plus 450. Denny Hamlin plus 600. Denny Hamlin had that thrilling night race win there a couple years ago where he passed Matt DiBenedetto late. Chase Elliott plus 800. And then we get into the double-digit odds. Joey Logano 10-1. to 1. Kevin Harvick 11. Ryan Blaney and Kurt Busch, uh, the six-time winner at 15. Brad Keselowski at 16. And if you want to get long odds on Martin Truex Jr., 8 to yeah. one to win this race. Anything jump out at you on the, the first page? And for those of us, th- those of you who are listening, we're also available on vcin.com and you can watch us. So when we say the first page, we have a screen with our odds up on it. Obviously, Kyle Busch, I think the rightful favorite at four to one, being he's won eight times here. Who else I think would be the favorite? And you mentioned MTJ, but let me ask you, and it's a shorter price, only third on the odds board. Denny Hamlin, six to one. And what Brendan Gaughan, the usual occupant of this chair, talks about is momentum. Talking about the momentum with Martin Truex Jr. How about Denny Hamlin, who had been Mr. Consistency all season, didn't win a race. It's like, okay, when's Denny going to win a race? He had enough points to go ahead and clinch without getting that win in the regular season. And first race out of the box, he wins at Darlington over Labor Day weekend. Won the first two stages at Richmond last weekend and ended up finishing second behind his teammate. And you could Martin argue Truex. he had the best car at yeah. Richmond. I mean, he was, he, as the old saying, he was eating Truex up like grass in a lawnmower as he was coming there at the <laughs> end. He just didn't quite have enough laps to catch him because they got thrown off on pit stops with the, the tire changes. So, no, I love Denny Hamlin there. I think that's a great play on Denny at plus 600. I mean, you know, he's got, got a couple of wins, so... I would have no qualms with anybody wanting to put their money down on Denny Hamlin to win that race. Yeah, because that just kind of grabbed me. I was like, maybe this is momentum. And we talked about it even before the program, before we came in. Joe Gibbs Jr. has all of a sudden come to play, or, or Joe Gibbs Racing, rather. And it's not that they had been bad during the season, plenty of wins, but Hendrick Motorsports, I think, was kind of the standout team in the regular season. But now it's getting to playoff time, and here comes JGR absolutely staking their claim. Well, and you really kind of seen the the Hendrick car stumble a little bit. I mean, we've got Bowman and, and Byron right now on the outside looking in, going into the final race. Chase Elliott, he's, he's in pretty good shape, but Chase Elliott hasn't run that well. And even Kyle Larson and hasn't been the dominating driver that he was if you were to go back into the late spring, the early part of the summer. I mean, even gone all the way back to winning in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. uh, I think you're right. I think the Gibbs cars look like they're the ones that are starting to flex their muscles here. Now, we look over at page two, some of our longer shots to win the race. One guy you talked about a little earlier who I think could certainly be a factor, might be worth uh, throwing a couple bucks down, Christopher Bell there at 22 to 1. The two Hendrick drivers we talked about on the outside there, Byron and Bowman, 25 to 1. Tyler Reddick, who is a terrific racer on these kind of racetracks. I would not be surprised to see Tyler Reddick up there contending for a top three finish. I don't know if I'm ready to get him as a win. He's at 30 to 1, along with Eric Almarola and Ross Chastain. Austin Dillon, 45 to 1. Matt DiBenedetto, 50 to 1. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, 80 to 1. Do you like anybody on page two there, Wes? Well, Christopher Bell, I think, is a guy certainly that also has some momentum. And we talked about that 20 team, I think, is kind of building. Finally, starting to get some consistent results and look he's the number four driver on that team of course when you got Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. but he's a young driver and he's he's good on dirt he obviously has shown well on road courses but Christopher Bell would be one I'm looking at and then Matt DiBenedetto at 50 to 1. Matty D has had cars here that have been very successful that are I think much worse than the 21 car he is currently in and obviously you have a guy with the chip on his shoulder too because he is currently without a ride for next year. Well there's no question I think that I think we all know Matt DiBenedetto would have won at Bristol two years ago driving for Levine Family Racing Mm -hmm. had he not had an incident while he he was trying to lap Ryan Newman and he crumpled in just a little bit of his fender just really kind of messed up the aerodynamics on his car and it allowed Denny Hamlin to overtake him and I remember Denny Hamlin was almost apologetic in victory lane he said man I really wanted Matt to win that race Uh, and I thought it was really interesting because DiBenedetto went to victory lane and the two of them had a really nice long long chat in victory lane I happened to be there with them while it was going on it was really interesting because these guys know you know when you have some of these smaller teams that are maybe one or even two car teams 
teams, you know, that aren't the big budget teams. And when they finally get a chance to win a race like that, and all of a sudden, you know, one of them racing deals, quote unquote, happens, and then he doesn't get a win, that would absolutely be a game changer for a team like that, like you were talking about when DiBenedetto was in that 95 for the Levines, but he's in that 21 for the Wood Brothers. And look, he's not going to be in that 21 next year, so he's looking to be somewhere else. So this guy's going to have a chip on his shoulder, I think, here. Well, you know, Dylan runs well at, at Bristol, and Dylan's got long odds there at 45 to 1, too. So I, I agree. I think there's a lot of guys on that on that second page that are worth taking a look at. All right, let's get started on the, uh, the top three. We get these from our friends at DraftKings. Uh, they kind of typically mirror the, the odds to win the race, but they also are obviously a little bit less because it's just for a top three. Kyle Busch, clearly the favorite there at plus 130. Kyle Larson, plus 150. Denny Hamlin's plus 200. Chase Elliott is a plus 270. Joey Logano, 330. Kevin Harvick, 370. Ryan Blaney and Kurt Busch, both at 500. Brad Keselowski at 550. Martin Trix Jr. at plus 600. Boy, there is a little bit of me that says, okay, I know he's only got three top tens in 30 races, but he did win last week. And plus 600 is a lot for a top three. For a guy that's going to start on the pole. It certainly is. And the odds to finish top three, of course, the podium position, even though they don't have podiums in NASCAR like they would Maybe in Formula should. One or IndyCar. Maybe we should have I, I think they should. I think they should absolutely you know, well, you have know, podiums. I guarantee you, the reason he never had podiums, when Dale Earnhardt was racing, if he finished second or third, he, he would have never show up. shown up for the podium. <laughs> He'd already been on the plane <laughs> out of town. And I don't know if Kyle Busch would show up for the podium now unless maybe his brother won. Although, even when his brother wins, he's left him twice. Huh? Yeah. With the airplane. Yeah, it's a, it's a different culture. I mean, you know, Formula One, like a podium is life because usually it's the same guy winning every single race most seasons, not this year. Lewis but Hamilton. Yeah. yeah, looking at that <laughs> top three, I think MTJ is probably the value play there at six to one. Kurt Busch at five to one. Obviously, he has his fair share of wins here, I believe, six times over his career. But it's going to mirror. So maybe you split a little bit top three and outright with like a Denny Hamlin or a Kyle Busch if you like the favorites. All right, well, we're not finished with the top threes. We're going to finish those up when we come back, and we'll also start breaking down the driver head-to-heads on Gone Racing. Here on Gone Racing, Jeff Motley alongside Wes Reynolds sitting in for Brendan Gone, who's playing in the desert down in Baja, California, racing in the Baja something this weekend. The Baja. We had we never did decide if it's a Baja 500 or the Baja 1000, did we? Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I'm guessing he's not getting paid by the hour for the gig, so no. he would raise Baja ten thousand. Yeah, if you that's let true. Him. That's true. Okay, we were talking about the top three odds when we went to break. We're going to finish up the top three, what we call our second page, our little bit longer shots for top threes. Christopher Bell, who uh, could be a really good play there, who's running really well lately at plus seven fifty. William Byron and Alex Bowman, the Kendrick teammates, at plus eight hundred. Then we got a trio of Tyler Reddick, Alm- Eric Almarola, Ross Chastain, all at ten to one. Austin Dillon, 15 to 1. Matt DiBenedetto, 20 to 1. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, 25 to 1. Uh, honestly, I, I look at maybe Christopher Bell or mm-hmm. maybe uh, Ross Chastain based on what he's done the last couple weeks. But the only two guys I give a lot of. Uh, a lot of life to, and it's hard to say with Byron and Bowman and how well they've done it other parts of the year. I just They seem to be struggling and not putting it together right now. Yeah, and when we talked about momentum earlier that Brendan likes to mention, there's negative momentum, and those two, Hendrick cars, seemingly are struggling a little bit. I know Ricky Stenhouse, who's had good cars at Bristol in the past and, of course, ran second earlier in the spring, but obviously that was on a dirt course. But I think maybe Stenhouse is going to kind of be one of those dark horses that maybe people grab gravitate to if they want to include maybe they're playing more chalky guys like uh, the Bush brothers or Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. or Kyle Larson if they want to put like a dark horse like in a DraftKings lineup or something like that I would think that Ricky Stenhouse would fit the bill and we know uh, Ricky Stenhouse is not shy about necessarily uh, using that front bumper to get where he needs to go so uh, the chrome horn yes the chrome horn as we call it nobody uh, has a chrome bumper anymore but you know it used to be a fun yeah but Ricky Stenhouse 
Stenhouse uh, more than willing to get his nose in there and uh, involved in uh, one of them racing deals, as we call it here at Bristol. So I could see him getting some support, but I'm with you, Christopher Bell, maybe Matty D, although that's a little bit long for a top three and we get to groups. I think maybe there's a better way to attack some of these longer shots in the race. All right, well, let's take a look at our driver head-to-heads. Uh, we don't have any of the really big numbers that sometimes we've seen. We've seen some really big numbers this year, Wes. We've seen some plus 130s, plus 140s, especially going against like a Kyle Larson, kind of a bet the don't line if you want to. Uh, here we don't really see quite is the, the big numbers this week. Uh, you know, we kind of look around the board. The largest numbers we have, there's some plus 110s, and it's Joey Logano against Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin against Kyle Larson, and Kevin Harvick against Chase Elliott. So looking at the driver head-to-head, heads this week i'm not really sure that i'm seeing a ton of value right to be had this this week yeah i'm not either because of course uh like most weeks some of these guys you kind of like a little bit are matched up against each other like you know obviously you'd like a kyle bush or a denny hamlin and it's like minus 120 to even money boy that's razor thin there so i didn't really see a ton of value from that standpoint in terms of a head-to-head matchup but let me ask you about one What about Kevin Harvick there at plus 110? I know Kevin Harvick has not had his vintage season, and Stuart Haas, I think, really as a team, has been struggling. But now you look at Kevin Harvick. Where is he, 10th in points now? Not quite in that cutoff, so he wouldn't be outside that top 12, but certainly needs a little bit of a boost here. So what would you make of Kevin Harvick against Chase Elliott? Well, I think if you're going to look at things, there's a couple of those 110s against Chase Elliott. I agree with you. I think Kevin Harvick is certainly one that's worth looking at, as is Joey Logano. Now, I know Joey won there in the spring and it was on dirt but whoever would have thought Joey Logano was going to win the first ever dirt right right absolutely Joey's not exactly a guy with a lot of dirt experience or anything so Joey likes Bristol Mm -hmm. he feels very comfortable when he goes to Bristol so I like both Kevin and Joey against uh, Chase Elliott right there yeah, I, I would think so as well. And you mentioned, you know, even though Chase did finish fourth at Richmond and Kyle Larson was sixth, so I guess when you're at that standard, that's what we call struggling. But they have had a couple hinky finishes in the last few weeks. So, you know, they maybe this is the place where the momentum gets shifted back in their favor that they certainly had most of the regular season. But that was one that kind of jumped out to me because Kevin Harvick, I think, is getting good results. Lately, he is just not winning fifth at Darlington, eighth at Richmond. He's getting some consistent results. He just needs that that win. He only has that runner up at Kansas from earlier in the spring. And you got to think at some point he's going to get one. Well, and his lack of wins are killing him on bonus points. And so at some point when there's fewer people in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's going to catch up to him. And it could very well happen in the next round of the playoffs and you got to think like here at Bristol this is where Kevin Harvick is going to go for it he's not gonna I mean look I think he's a relatively clean racer but look he'll get involved in some of these hubbubs at Bristol that we've seen over the years and he's not afraid to do it and you know this might be the opportunity where it's like you know what I gotta go I'm not in the I'm not in the friends business right now I gotta go and improve my playoff spot and get a win here so uh, he'll put his nose in there I'm sure absolutely I think he's certainly going to be a guy to look at all right let's move along to our group our group matchups we'll get started on our group matchups here in segment three before we move into the final group and group a i mean all right i was run through the odds here kyle larson's plus 240 he's the favorite kyle bush is plus 250 denny hamlin plus 260 and a huge number chase elliott plus 355 west the first thing that jumps out to me is the guy who's favored to win the race and the guy who's the favorite for a top three now he's not the favorite in group a right Right, absolutely. Can you explain that one to me? And by the way, these are from the Westgate, mm-hmm. the, super, the Las Vegas Superbook over at Westgate provided these odds. Yeah, for us. and we always encourage our viewers and listeners to go ahead and shop around for the best number. But yeah, that did kind of stand out to me too because Kyle Larson, look, eventually he's going to win multiple races at Bristol. Maybe this will be his first one, but when you go and you don't have a lot of data and you have a lot of guys that maybe don't have the miles and don't have the experience necessarily here at Bristol, you would have thought that would have been reversed, that Kyle Busch would have been the favorite. Kyle Larson at plus 240. Of course, he has been really the top dog and and, and leading the points pretty much all season, but still doesn't quite have that experience. Look, plenty of experience, though, on short tracks, but I would have thought that that would have been reversed. Uh, and as you can see, not much separation there from that top three, and we just just mentioned Chase Elliott, maybe a guy you can go against in matchups way down there at 355. Yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, Chase Elliott really doesn't have anything at Bristol that makes you 
want to get excited about betting him in Group A. Mm-hmm. And and I honestly believe there's a pretty good possibility that the race for the win of the race could very well come down between these three guys in Group A, which is why they're there. But there's no one who is going to go through that tunnel into that infield or walk across the racetrack, whichever way he chooses to go in, that's going to have more confidence that going into this weekend than Kyle Busch. Yeah, you would think so. And and, and it just almost – it kind of feels and, – and I know this isn't quantifiable or very profound here, but it just seems like, you know, this is the time, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like that for Kyle Busch, who I thought had, you know, made a couple mistakes, as you mentioned earlier in the program last week, probably had a car that could have been a contender there at Richmond. And this just kind of seems like if ever there's a place for Kyle Busch to get right – and to get a win, and I know he has a couple already this season, so it's not like uh, 2020, it would be here, you would think. Yeah, you would think so. All right, let's take a look at Group B. Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick are the co-favorites there at Plus 240. Ryan Blaney and Austin – oh, we got a little – oh, they just changed the graphic on Ryan Blaney and Kurt Busch are plus 310. Ryan Blaney and Kurt Busch are plus 310, by the way. Yeah, they just – they changed the graphic as I was reading off of it there. So, yeah, Ryan Blaney, Kurt Busch both coming in plus 310. They are the long shots. You know, Kurt Busch is a guy who, with the exception of last week at Richmond after the unfortunate accident that he had – he has won his group so many. He has probably won his group more times than any other driver. Because mm-hmm. some of the races Kyle Larson won, he wasn't even in a group. But Kurt Busch has been winning Group C and w- winning Group D. Now we see Kurt Busch moving up right. to a Group B. Um, boy, it's hard for me to go Kurt Busch there, even though he's got the six wins. Because I really uh, think Joey and Kevin probably have it have it kind of dialed in at Bristol. Um, but man, I'm a little bit scared of that whole group. I don't and think what, I would bet it. And once you mentioned about Kurt Busch, I think last time I was here on Gone Racing was the Atlanta race. And Kurt Busch not only won his group, and that was one of my selections, he won the whole darn thing down there at Atlanta for uh, and is what put him in the playoffs. So I'd be a little lukewarm about fading him here. So you have a favorite there, you think? I mean, obviously the co-favorites are Joey and Kevin. You, would lean yeah. to Kevin Harvick because I think this is, uh, you know, he's got so much experience here, and he has, I believe, what is it, three all-time wins here, and he's always run well. I don't know how many seconds and thirds and top five well, he has. Like I'm 21 sure. top tens and 40 starts. So yeah. Pretty close, so it's Yeah, so uh, Harvick would be my lean, but I think him and Joey pretty much equal. All right, let's take a look at Group C. Brad Keselowski comes in as our favorite there at plus 255. William Byron, plus 270. Alex Bowman and Christopher Bell, plus 280. I've got to tell you, Wes, I I like a long shot in Christopher Bell in in this group right here. I do, too. And and we go back to repeat and reiterate what we talked about earlier. That 20 team, I think, is starting to figure it out. And they're starting to get some results here. And obviously, being part of an operation like JGR, you're going to figure it out. And you've got good crew. And you can share information with Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. So, they really are figuring out. We got the two Hendricks kind of, you know, falling off a little bit. Obviously, they're trying to stay in and advance to that round of 12 starting right here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway next weekend. And Brad Keselowski, I'm not saying he's checked out. He's still racing hard, but obviously we know that Brad Keselowski is going to be in the six next year for Roush Fenway. So is he looking ahead a little bit? Well, and you really have four guys there that really can't leave anything to chance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's going to be interesting because I think all four of those guys are going to be having to go for the win. Okay, we got a few groups left. We'll be right back on Gone Racing. We'll break those down. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Gone Racing, our final segment. Jeff Motley alongside Wes Reynolds sitting in for Brendan Gone, who's racing his dune buggy or trophy truck or something down in Baja this weekend in the 500 Baja 1000. We never have figured out which one it is. We're talking group matchups before we get into our picks. We're on Group D right now. Martin Tricks Jr. is one of the favorites, along with Tyler Reddick and Ross Chastain at plus 265, and then Austin Dillon at plus 290 in Group D. Um, the first thing is seeing Martin Tricks Jr.'s name in Group D. Right. Wow. And the reason why is because what you mentioned earlier, not a lot of wins here at Bristol. Uh, not even a lot of time. He's no wins. Yeah. And only three top tens and 30 starts. Yeah. And, wow. and you look at the, the group he is in, and you've kind of mentioned a little bit about all three of these guys. Tyler Reddick, very racy on these type of tracks. And Ross Chastain, I think, has some momentum already. I believe he has like a, a third and a seventh. Third at Darlington, seventh at Richmond the last two weeks. So that's a mo- case for momentum. And then Austin Dillon, who, of course, was the last guy out of that top 16 to get in the playoff chase uh you know still looking for a really good finish uh, has had some good runs here at bristol though in the past so this does look like a group where you can fade the favorite mtj here but it's just picking which one yeah it's just hard for me to leave truex sitting out there in a the group d yeah I just you know and i know he's going to start up front that's the other thing it's going to be helpful at a place like bristol starting on the front row okay group e matt de benedetto comes in as a co-favorite with ricky stenhouse jr at plus 265 ryan newman is plus 280 along with Bubba Wallace. Uh, we talked earlier about Matt Benedetto's success that he's had at Bristol uh, Stenhouse. We know Newman, he's a guy that has run well there before, but uh, probably uh, in the twilight, I guess, of, of his career probably. Yeah, Matty D is where I would go here and where I'm going to end up going. And we've mentioned with lower teams, at, you know, we talked about Levine in that 95 car where he should have won a couple years ago. He's always very racy here, and I reiterate the fact that this this guy does not have a ride for next year and is looking for a place to land in terms of one of these rides for the 2022 season. He's going to be out at Wood Brothers in the 21. Harrison Burton going to be in that ride full time next year. So, look, this guy's got something to prove. And he's been very racy here at Bristol in the past. So I think Matty D's where I'm going in Group B. And looking at Group F, our favorite there is Chris Busher at plus 255. Daniel Suarez and Cole Custer. It's really cute on the screen. It's Cole Cuter. On the screen, I really <laughs> like that. Uh, some, I'm sure somebody probably says that. Uh, plus 270. Chase Briscoe comes in at plus 295. Um, I, I think that's one here where, you know, I've, I've been thinking Chase Briscoe looks like he's turning the corner, and then I go and I pick him, and Chase Briscoe gets passed by Cole Custer. Well, so and that's what I'm you I'm staying away from Group F. Well, you look at Briscoe, and, you know, 
he's getting a lot of like top 20 finishes, but I think to back him in a group like this, you need to see some more top 10 finishes. And you really haven't seen that many out of many of these drivers, but certainly not for Briscoe thus far. Yeah, so I'm going to stay away from that that group, I think. Okay, the last thing we have is our odds for the race teams mm-hmm. to win. So you get the whole cluster. Uh, no big surprise that Joe Gibbs comes in as the favorite, especially with Kyle Busch and having Denny Hamlin, two of the top guys to win it at plus 170. Hendrick Motorsports with Kyle Larson leading the way at plus 220. Team Penske, plus 450. Stuart Haas Racing, plus 800, which is not a bad number to get on, on knowing that really that's kind of Kevin Harvick alone there. Chip Ganassi, 12 to 1. Richard Childress Racing, 22 to 1. Wood Brothers at 50, JTG Doherty at 60, Roush Fenway at 65, and the 23XI Racing, which is only Bubba Wallace at 80 to 1. Yeah, and and those kind of match here. We were talking about Matty D at 50 to 1. Of course, he is the Wood Brothers Racing for about another two, two and a half months until next season. But it's, it's basically the balance of power is obviously with the power teams. JGR, who have been kind of the king of the playoff team so far. Granted, only two playoff races have been run, but JGR trying to stake their claim. And then Hendrick. Uh, now, now Penske, let me ask you about Penske. We know Joey Lugano. You mentioned he loves Bristol. Of course, Brad Keselowski is included in that mix. What do you think of his chances? Well, I actually, I probably like Ryan Blaney's chances better than I do Brad Keselowski's. Right. But plus 450 is not a bad number given the fact that we know that Joey enjoys this track. Uh, Brad's got three wins here. It's just that uh, boy, I, that team just doesn't look like it's it's got it all together. Right. You wonder if it's kind of like, I don't want to say they've mailed it in because that would be false, but you know that obviously Keselowski is moving to the sixth next year and it's like do you have next season on your mind you know, or how motivated are you to bring these home? Well, now he's still he's in a championship But fight. is everybody on his team motivated? Right. That's the other thing. You have right. Because of course uh, Brad Keselowski I believe right now sitting ninth in points, so should be pretty comfortable to advance to the next round of 12, which starts right here at LVMS next weekend. But you just wonder. You just haven't really seen, I think, the consistent results. They've kind of been middling results for that number two team. Absolutely. All right. Well, that pretty much breaks down all of our odds for this week. But unfortunately, now we have to talk about how we did last week. Um, Brendan is not here to gloat. I'm very surprised. But he can't gloat too much because he's still – I'm doing the math. He's still like 18 units behind the pit crew and myself. But Brendan was the big winner last week. Brendan got winners with Christopher Bell getting a a top three at plus 500 and also had Chase Elliott winning his group. So Brendan turned in a pretty good score of a plus 4.45 last week. Um, Both the pit crew and yours truly took it on the chin last week. The pit crew had their – Kyle's and Bush's strategy. Every pick theirs was either a Kyle or a Bush. And uh, given the fact that Kurt Bush lost a tire early in the race, that did not work out very well. I unfortunately um, had the same strategy uh, as the Kyle's and the Bush's. So um, did not help out for any one what of is us. It, so. uh, this is my brother, Daryl, and this is my other brother, uh, other Daryl. That that's strategy. Pretty yeah. much what it came down but to. But usually that's a pretty darn good strategy week to week to stick with the K's. It was, and we're going to see that the, the pit crew almost stuck with that strategy again this week. So, um, But I think by our rules, we go by who did the worst the previous week before, and the tie is broken by the overall standing. So unfortunately that means I have to make my picks first. So here we go. I'm I'm going to buck the trend here because I think this guy's going to finally turn it around at Bristol. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. for a top three at plus 600. I really, really love that big number on him. Uh, you're not going to give me Kyle Busch in a group, and he's not the favorite at Bristol, and not take him. So I'm going Kyle Busch in group A at a plus 250. My other picks, I'm going Christopher Bell, the long shot in group C at plus 280. I'm going to go all in on Martin Trix Jr. at plus 265 in Group D, and I'm going Matt DiBenedetto to win Group E. Our next picks are from the pit crew, and you'll hear what I was talking about with them almost sticking with the same strategy. They have Kyle Busch winning Group A at plus 250, Kurt Busch in Group B at plus 310. Then they have Alex Bowman winning Group C at plus 280, Tyler Reddick at plus 265 in Group D, and Kurt Busch at plus 500 for a top three. And I will read off Brendan's picks before we get yours, Wes. Wes is going to throw some picks in. Uh, Brendan is on the Kevin Harvick bandwagon this week. He not only has Kevin to win, he's got him for a top three as well. He's going Joey Logano in Group B, 
He is agreeing with me with the Christopher Bell in Group C, and he is going with Ross Chastain in Group D as he tries to climb out of this ridiculous hole that he's in of Gotta minus, shoot your shot. minus 22 units. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go big or go home here, uh, Brendan's strategy. But uh, looking looking at mine, uh, and I'm on Kevin Harvick as well. I'm on that bandwagon, but in a matchup. I did find the one matchup. I didn't think I liked him at first. But I'm going to take Kevin Harvick plus 110 over Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase just doesn't have the experience yet here. Eventually, I think he'll be a Bristol winner. He's too talented of a driver, but I'm going to go with Gavin Harvick. I think uh, this is starting to get to him, like you said, with those bonus points. And plus, you know, it's almost absurd that we look at Kevin Harvick's stat line throughout the year and we don't see a one in any of these columns. He has not yet won a race this year. So, look. The point's getting a little bit tight here. He's got to make a move, and I think it could be here at Bristol where he does have three all-time wins. So Kevin Harvick, plus 110 over Chase Elliott. Kyle Busch, I'm going to agree with you in Group A, plus 250. Uh, I just I, I thought he should be the favorite over Kyle Larson. So just taking on that, I will go Kyle Busch at plus 250. A couple other groups I'm going to do. I'm going to do Christopher Bell, the 20 car. I've been singing that team's praises pretty much all a lot program. Of love for Christopher Bell today. Christopher Bell, absolutely, plus 280. So uh, I am going to take him in Group C. Matty D in Group E at plus 265. I think when you look that 23XI team, he's in that group with uh, Ryan Newman and Bubba Wallace. They haven't really had a lot of consistent finishes lately, so Matty D, I think, is the guy to beat there, and then I'm going to go Denny Hamlin for a top three at two to one. All righty, so we're going to see how you work out next week. we got about a minute to go in the show this week, maybe a little less than a minute. It's a cutoff race this weekend at Bristol. Which four guys are going home? I think uh, you're going to see Byron go home. I would say you're going to see, I think, McDowell go home. Reddit go home and yeah. see I'm in agree agreement with you on all three of those. I think yeah. the fourth one's going to be much tougher. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to think. I was like, okay, who is this guy? That's going to be uh, the odd person out. I am going to say it's going to be, and I've said Bowman, Reddick and McDowell. No, you said Byron, Byron rather. Uh, I'm going to say Almarola. That's is the one that goes So we're on. in agreement. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. All, same four guys. That's the ones we're going to lose. Okay. We'll be back next week. Brent will be back in the seat. We'll be able to break down Bristol. And we get to talk about our hometown race, the South Point 400 in Las Vegas. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.